Welcome to Fig Tree Watchers. It's Friday Night Prophecy, where we discuss the news events of the week and how they relate to Bible prophecy, because Jesus is coming back. That's right. That's next here on Fig Tree Watchers. So stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Invite your friends and family, loved ones, and everyone around, because it's all about Jesus. He shall reign. That's right. He is coming back and he shall reign forevermore, forevermore. The king is coming back. And we are talking about, of course, the only one true king, Jesus Christ, the one who deserves all of our loyalty. He is sufficient in all things. Christ is our all in all. The name above every name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess with their mouth. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Ah, great season. It's the December that we look forward to, to celebrating the birth of Christ. Uh, and before anyone says anything, of course, we know that we don't know the actual date of Jesus' birthday. But it's good to celebrate the birth of Christ. Because by doing so, you are shouting loudly that Christ came into, into the world to redeem the sins of all mankind. And according to the scriptures, this was to be done. And Christ fulfilled it. And according to the scriptures, he was to die. And according to the scriptures, he was to be raised from the dead, which he did, proving that Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Welcome to Fig Tree Watchers, everyone, as I invite my partner and co-host on, Io from Amitsu Study. Second. And man, what a great night we're going to have for you tonight. It is going to be amazing. And there he is. Welcome, brother. Hey, brother. How are you? Doing well. I hope everyone is doing good. It's um, Yes. Yes. Are you excited? Again. Oh, yeah. Always excited to come on every Friday. Just talk about the current events. How the it's about prophecy. Talk about scripture in general. Um, give the gospel. That's always exciting. Absolutely. He shall reign forevermore, right? Amen. Amen. And I like what you said about, you know, Christmas too, and no controversy because I mean, this happens every year, right? First thing, right. Halloween. And then, well, I guess the first thing would be Easter and then Halloween and then Christmas. And, you know, you get these, well, it's pagan holiday and this and that. Should we celebrate? Should we not celebrate? Personally, I haven't done my research and what I tell people and I told people for Halloween, and I'll say this quick and we'll get to the Bible prophecy thing is that, hey, I don't know much about history, whether these holidays are paying or not, whatever. But the main thing is that people know about these holidays, right? Specifically, let's talk about Easter and Christmas. People know that's the one, you know, those holidays are the holidays that Christians, you know, do something or relates to Jesus somehow. So whether you want to hang up a Christmas tree or whether or not, whatever, that's not the focus as us believers. It's not the Christmas tree. It's not, it's not those things. It's let's right. use these dates that people already know to glorify God, to thank him that right. he sent his sons down the cross for us, that he came, you know, as a baby to eventually down the cross. They rose again. We have eternal life in him. That's what we celebrate. We can use those yeah. holidays to then share the gospel people, right? Like, hey, what are you doing for Christmas? Do you know what Christmas is about? Let me share with you what Christmas is about, you know? So I, I love what you started off with. I totally agree with you. Yeah, and I, I just think about that, right? For unto us a child is born, unto yeah. us a savior is given, right? Christ Jesus the Lord, right? That's why I celebrate. That's why I love Christmas. It's because of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm into this season. And I don't let anyone get me down on it. You know, I've heard this thing for tw 20 years about, you know, not celebrating Christmas. Well, quite frankly, it's all 
that all roots, that's deeply rooted in Jehovah's Witness theology, right? And I'm not a Jehovah's Witness, so I can celebrate Christmas and I can worship Jesus on Sunday and every day. And I'm not tied to the Sabbath. Um, I am tied every day is the Lord's day in my life. Every day needs to be the glory of the Lord in my life, right? Amen. And that's what we do. Yeah. So praise God. Hey, it's Friday Night Prophecy. And uh, we got a big night ahead of us. So why don't you lead us in prayer and we'll get started. We'll do. Uh, Father, we uh, thank you for another week, Lord. We thank you uh, for getting all of us to the last month of 2022. I mean, that is that is amazing. That's something we should glorify you for. That's something that we should not take for granted. Um, that we got through, Lord, um, the past 11 months of this year. And we just ask for you to see us through the remainder of 2022. That we see 2023 in health. And uh, that you bless us, Lord. And to see um, the rest of this month. Um, so we just pray for this time, Lord. We just pray that you remind us of that. We just pray that you remind us of those blessings um, that we're able to do this, that we're able to read your word. We pray for this time to be beneficial uh, to us and our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, that you just speak to Brother Stefan and I, through Brother Stefan and I, that we can get truth out, Lord. That you can encourage fellow believers to be understanding that things that we're talking about point to Jesus' soon return. And for non-believers listening who have not chosen to believe in your son for their um, for the salvation of their soul, Lord, may this also point them to the gospel, uh, that your word is true. The gospel is true. They can have eternal life through Christ. So I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, we got a great week ahead of us, and we got some great stories. So I don't, why don't you get us started tonight, and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah. I'll just get us started quick. Um, our focus on Middle East, and I think Bro Stefan and I, uh, our primary focus tonight will be on technology, as it, as it usually is. You know, we often talk about technology and different aspects of it, but I'll just start off with the Middle East and some recent updates in terms of the government. Um, we know that Benjamin Netanyahu um, was chosen as the new Prime Minister of Israel, but some of you guys may or may not know uh, that after he's chosen, he has to have to be given the mandate by the president to form a government. And sometimes, and you know, these past, what, three, four years is kind of the trouble Israel's been having. They will have, you know, first they'll have trouble picking a prime minister. Even if they get to that point, they'll have trouble actually forming the government. If they don't form the government in time, then they have to go through a new round of elections. So this is the fifth round of elections that they're having, I believe. Um, so Benjamin Netanyahu has been given that mandate. I'll just read this thing off quick and then just kind of talk about its possible significance while I'm even bringing it up to our attention. Um, so this is from the Jewish News Syndicate from December 2nd. The headline is Likud, Religious Zionist Party Signed Coalition Agreement Paving the Way to a New Government. Um, so the one snippet from this I want to share is the Likud and Religious Zionist Parties reached a coalition agreement on Thursday, so just this past Thursday, evening that clears the way for Prime Minister-designate Benjamin Netanyahu to form a government backed by 64 members of Israeli Knesset, Israel's Knesset. Um, so he now has the mandate. He's going to go ahead and form this government, and we're going to have this new government in Israel. And as we've been telling you guys, I mean, we've, our, our whole focus is about prophecy. But for me, and I, I believe Brother Stoney's going to agree that, you know, we could talk about the market beast and this and, you know, natural disasters and all these things. But our prime focus as believers should be Israel, right? It's often noted as God's timepiece. So whatever happens in Israel, we should be paying attention to. Um, so I said, like, I believe a month back when Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu won, I was like, hey, you know, I'm not going to make any claims to what I believe may happen, you know, in the next months or years with him being in, him being in office. 
but I'm just going to say it's significant in some way. We know Daniel 2, God points kings and set downs king, uh, sets down kings. So this is something that we should focus on. And then I brought an article to our attention a few weeks ago concerning Ben Gvir, uh, someone who is going to be part of this coalition who wants Jews to pray on the Temple Mount. And we often see that the Temple Mount is emphasized because the religious Jews at least have in their mind the Temple Mount is just one step towards the Third Temple, which we've talked about. The Third Temple is gonna has to exist at least halfway, or at you know at the most halfway through the tribulation period, for the Antichrist to desecrate the Temple to stop the sacrifices. Um, so there's another article here, and I'll give it to the response after this, that talks about Ben Kavir and kind of how he's seen, how he's labeled. I'm gonna uh, you know kind of preface this with you know, I don't know much about Ben Kavir. I'd love to look into him more. This is kind of how people are seeing him. So I'm just going to preface that. These aren't my opinions. They're just how people are labeling him. So I don't know if those labels are, are true all the way, but that's how he's seen. So I'm really smarter. Israel, so that headline is Israel. Whole world is worried about Ben Gavir, Warren's president. Um, so I've actually, I think, uh, talked about a little of this in the previous article, but there's a little bit more that I wanted to include here. So Israeli President Isaac Herzog has been caught in an open microphone saying that the whole world is worried about newly elected lawmaker Itamar Ben-Gavir's extremism. This is from November 10th, so this is kind of a ways back. The Times of Israel reported, Herzog apparently believed that the mic has been switched off at the end of his meeting. Um, so he said, you have been a partner. Uh, you have a partner who the entire world around us is worried about. I have also said this to him. This is really not for publication. I don't want to cause problems, said Herzog. We are going to have a problem with the Temple Mount, Al-Aqsa Mosque. That is a critical issue. So again, I've, I've made my case clear that, you know, when we see this new change in government, whatever is happening in Israel, we have to pay attention. We see people kind of sound alarmed that, oh, my gosh, this is Ben Gvir person. Watch out for him. He's an extremist. He's an ultra-right person. He's, you know, he's racist, whatever. Again, whether those claims are false or true, that's not the focus here. Um, but we see these warnings. People are warning it because they're like, man, the status, he wants to change the status quo. He's currently in Benjamin. He's part of Benjamin Netanyahu's coalition. As of Thursday, Benjamin Netanyahu has actually gathered this government together. So this new government is formed. Ben Gavir is part of this. And they're warning that, hey, don't touch the Temple Mount. You know, uh, I believe the Jordanian king as well has cautioned that don't touch the Temple Mount. And this is what the Israeli president is warning concerning these new members of this new government. So now this is the new piece of this article here that um, we're just seeing. The article goes down and says, Ben Gavir is an extreme far-right ultra-nationalist. So they're just pouring in all labels, right? And again, whether this is true or not, you know, I don't know. It's not the focus of this, but I'm just showing you how they're seeing this. What is their fear? Their fear is they don't want the Temple Mount to be altered. Um, so they say extreme far-right ultra-nationalist and the head of the far-right Atzma Yehudut's party, which means Jewish power, which is in Bazalel Smotrix, equally far-right religious Zionism, Coalition. He was convicted in 2007 of racism assignment and support for Kash, a group which both Israel and the U.S. designated a terrorist organization. So they're just like pulling out the stops, right? Um, in terms of, you know, I guess this man's past, this man's affiliations. And lastly, they say, this is the fifth election in Israel in less than four years. Netanyahu's ideological soulmates on the far right enable him to control 64 seats in the 120th seat parliament, the Knesset. He thus has a majority and will be tasked by Herzog with forming the next government, which looks set to be the most extreme in Israel's history. Um, so, you know, again, take that with a grain of salt. 
Um, another article from the Times of Israel, I'm not going to quote it. It just says, activists know more Ben Gavir waffles about changing Temple Mount's status quo. So although Ben Gavir has wanted to, you know, change the status of Temple Mount, he wants the Jews to pray there. People have been sounding the alarm. The, the Israeli president sounded an alarm. Jordanian king sounded an alarm. People are saying it's going to be, you know, World War III, whatever. Um, the latest news is November 27th, they asked him, hey, are you going to change the status quo? He's kind of like, eh, he's kind of like, you know, shake the on. He's not really giving a great answer on it. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, but the point here, guys, is that we're seeing change in Israel. We're seeing people who want to change things up radically. There's warnings being given. And it only ties to, you know, the Third Temple again. When we see these Jews, at least the religious Jews, focus on the Temple Mount, they ultimately see it as a gateway to the Third Temple. Um, so we still have to, you know, wait and see how this turns out. But at least these are the updates in terms of the government, the people in this government that allegedly could be the movers and shakers, and how things could possibly pan out. Yeah, this is big news that you're talking about. I mean, we've been talking about this for months with, with the Temple Mount, with the restoration of the Temple. We know that Israel has everything gathered for the Temple. Um, and we've been talking about that for months, little things and big things that are that are taking place where when it concerns the temple even the red heifer we discussed a few months ago but what we're seeing here now is a political battle that's taking place to actually bring about the restoration of the temple mount for israel and we're living in a time when this has never been the case think about this for the last two thousand years there hasn't even been in Israel. And then in 1948, this come about. And now we're talking about the restoration of the temple. If any of you, any of you, have an amillennious thought in your brain, you need to get rid of it. Because this just totally goes against the amillennious thinking uh, on there, if this comes about. And the stuff that we're talking about tonight, specifically the technology side of everything that is going on, this should freak you out as a woke Christian because this goes against everything that you're believing in. It is drawing you to the conclusion that the scripture is correct and your wokeism is wrong. And you need to really be woke to the Jesus Christ that is coming back. You need to get awakened to the realization I get to get right with Jesus or I'm not going to be awakened when he returns with the rapture. Okay. So let's get really woke here. Not fake woke, but real woke. Real woke for the Lord. Jesus. Okay. Um, and I think that that's important. What do you think? I, I mean, that's just, that's my comment there on, mm -hmm. on that. There, there's one more article that I think is important in, in discussing about the Temple Mountain. I'm just going to bring it up briefly. And that is the, the desire to separate out Israel, to divide up the land, which we know is the Bible predicted was going to happen and God was not going to be happy with this. Um, it, it's still going on. And even by the Biden administration, the Biden administration even offered this little nugget of wisdom, if you want to call it wisdom, but more like stupidity, which was the U.S. envoy says consulate for Palestinians in Jerusalem remains a possibility. Ability. Why would they do that? Because it's furthering the, the idea of dividing Israel. If you give them a consulate, you give them legitimacy to divide the land. 
Israel's not going to go for that. Yeah. And this divided land bit is not going to be, it, it, it's not going to be going with God in his thinking. He doesn't want the land divided. He gave it. He's the one that acquired it. God did. And he's the one who gave it, dished it out. And he's the one who divided up the nations. So this is a big, big thing to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. And, so, you know, something I often tell people, too, who, you know, maybe support the two-state solution of these kind of things, you know, we often do go to Joel 3, you know, God, uh, the Lord, Jesus Christ, when he comes back and judges the nations of Valley Josephath, one of the reasons we because they divided up the land. So for that reason, you know, we say, hey, we don't want to support the two-state solution. We don't want to support the dividing of God's land. And then I make another side as a joke to, the, you know, to the people that support the two-state solution or think it's a good idea to divide God's land. I say that, hey, if you're angry now at the fact that the Jews occupy the land that's theirs and that you want to see them divide that land up to even, you know, smaller chunks, well, you're not going to be a happy Christian during the millennial reign of Christ, right? Because you read Ezekiel, I think, like 40 or 41 to, I think it's 48 or maybe 49, um, you'll see that it talks specifically about, like, the fourth temple and the, the division. I think the last two chapters of Ezekiel talks explicitly, specifically about how God will divide the land of Israel up, well, you know, by the 12 tribes, right? It's not this little little sliver of land we see in the Middle East. No, it's from the Euphrates River to the River of Egypt, right? It's a huge swath of land that Israel doesn't even have, what, not even a fourth of right now. So if you're angry at what Israel has now, you're not going to be happy during the millennia, right? So I kind of say that as a joke. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the reality is that they're going to get way more land in the future, but we shouldn't support, you know, efforts for, like two-state solution, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what, what is, what do we have next coming up? Technology. I mean, we can get right to it. Um, I know you have something about Elon Musk's um, Neuralink. Uh, we can actually get into that right now. You know, read that out. Yeah, let's do that. Let's yeah. do that. So you're going to have a story on digital currency in just a moment, and we're going to cover that. But all these stories of digital currency, digital passports, all these things are tied in because the big thing that came out this week was Elon Musk's wonderful idea of the Neuralink. And um, let's just talk about this for a moment because this is really important. Um, first off, let's talk about the fanfare from the media, the deception that's out there on this. Here's how they're going to get people to buy into this, right? And they're already telling you, look, this is going to solve neurological diseases for everyone around us, right? Um, this could cure Alzheimer's and this could cause, uh, you know, Lou Gehrig's disease to go away. Uh, this could cause, you know, diseases like myasthenia gravis to be stopped. Anything dealing with the, with the neurology of the mind that's a disease and illness, you know, we could cure it with this Neuralink. And that's what the media is peddling at the same time that they're criticizing it, right? They're like, oh, this sounds so great. Oh, this is so wonderful, right? And so everyone's going, yeah, I want to be cured of my disease. I want the Neuralink, right? Yeah. Okay. And according to Elon Musk, okay, it is six months away from FDA approval for trial runs on humans. I want you to understand that. Six months away for trial runs on human beings. That's by his own account. And, and where are we getting that from? The Washington Post is saying it. This liberal 
newspaper, progressive newspaper saying it. Um, and there's at least articles from CNN. And you can go down the list and look at it. They're all saying it. And they're all saying it's legitimate that it's going to happen within the next six months. But what does Elon Musk's own company say about Neuralink? That's what I want to know, right? Isn't that what you would want to know, Aya? What was that? Wouldn't you want to know what the company is actually oh, saying? Yeah. Is cool? yeah. Of course. So let me read it to you. Yeah. This is from Neuralink.com, and it's called The Approach. What the approach of the company's philosophy is concerning Neuralink. We're aiming to design a fully implantable, cosmetically invisible brain-computer interface to let you control a computer or a mobile device anywhere you go. Micron-scale threads would be inserted into areas of the brain that could control movement. Each thread contains many electrodes and connects them to an implant called the link. Now, uh, why, why is that important? Because you're going to be able to control all of your digital currency and your digital passport and your computer systems and your Alexas and your Amazon, you know, whatever, Alexa like it is, um, and, and your, your Siri and, and your Google house and all that through your implant. That's the real scary part about it. And we're starting to see what John was talking about with the mark of the beast, 666. But I, when I, you, we were, you and I were having a discussion about this tonight, and, and this is one of the things that I'm theorizing that we're starting to see. I think it's even deeper than this, and I, I, wanted to scare, I want everyone to, to understand this. On the other side of the technology world, we're seeing the metaverse, right? You're seeing these goggles and you're playing with your hands and you're doing things and you're building things with these with your hands and these goggles. Well, Neuralink and the metaverse coming together will eliminate the goggles. The goggles will be completely unnecessary because the implant in your brain will be you'll be able to do everything. You'll see everything with your eyes, your own eyes. You won't need the goggles. Yeah. And the implant will be in your hand. You'll have it in your hand, and you'll be able to do everything with that neural link on there. Now, this is, this is the second part of my theory, and I, I shared this with Io tonight, and I thought this was kind of interesting. That is, the Bible talks about in the book of Revelation that rich or poor, they will have to take this plant, this implant, and one will go into the head, or it will go into your hand. And I said, you know why it's an or, Io? I think it's because if you're rich, you can pay for it to be implanted into your brain. And if you're poor, they're going to implant it into your hand. And that's why it's and or. Can you imagine this? We're at the stage where we're now able to visualize the mark of the beast clearly, like at no other time. We can understand where the technology is going. Once again, if you're an amillennialist or a postmillennialist, if they even exist anymore, a preterist, something wrong with your theology. Something seriously wrong. You have to wake up and say, this stuff is coming now. Jesus is coming back. The Antichrist is here. If we're this close to the mark of the beast, the Antichrist is here. He just hasn't been revealed yet. Mm. Yeah, I think this is definitely an important thing to bring up. Because, I mean, we've, we've talked about Elon Musk's um, Neuralink before. And, and even in a more general sense, Elon Musk and his just 
transhumanistic agenda. Well, I don't want to say agenda, just thought process, right? Because I don't want to paint him as some like weird dystopian person. I, I think Klaus Schwab more so fits that. As you were talking, I was actually getting up an article that I wrote um, in 2020 concerning the fourth industrial revolution, because I think a lot of this in general goes into the bucket of transhumanism. Um, and this is kind of what we highlight too in technology. I think we haven't focused on it as much. Um, you know, recently, this year, we've kind of been focusing on, you know, CBDC and digital IDs and whatnot. But there's also this looming thing of transhumanism. Um, so that's a really big thing here. This is part of it. And transhumanism in a nutshell, it's not a conspiracy theory thing. Because a lot of people, you know, hear words like that. Um, some people don't even know what it means. But other people who have probably heard it a few times are like, oh, that's, that's conspiracy theory. Well, all it means is just augmenting human beings to kind of surpass human limitations. So on the very least, transhumanism can be like, well, someone just gets a bionic finger to replace their finger. And okay, they, so that's like transhumanism in like the very smallest example. Then you have people who literally, you know, we shared an article um, from The Guardian earlier this year about them literally posting an article about transhumanism. You know, first we were pitching it like it's like an inevitability that we're going to end up there. And they talked about things like artificial wombs and, you know, and, you know, people have these ideas of eventually wanting to um, circumvent death by putting their souls into the cloud, things like this. So you have all these ideas of transhumanism, ultimately wanting to circumvent death, ultimately wanting to transcend our quote unquote limitations. Um, and part of this Neuralink thing, and Elon Musk's company isn't the only one. I mean, we both saw and I talked about this, we talked about how another company did an implant to, I think a disabled man sometime last year, maybe earlier this year, he had this brain implant. He was the first guy to do a tweet just by his thoughts, right? I mean, I think the kind of danger in this that makes us kind of question like, hey, could this be part of the Mark of the Beast? Because we've seen the Mark of the Beast and Gerson talked about it. It says in verse 16 and 17, he caused all the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free men and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. So oftentimes he focuses on the right hand portion, right? We've, okay, maybe like digital tattoos or, or some type of microchip, whatever. Like the Mark of the Beast doesn't exist yet, but we kind of look at these technologies and be like, can they lay the foundation to that? But we don't talk much about what the forehead could be. What, what could that mean? What technology could the mark be in the future that they would apply on their forehead? Could it be some type of Neuralink technology? You don't know. Obviously, we're not saying that Neuralink is the mark of the beast. We're just asking the question, as we're seeing it out, could this lay the groundwork for what the Bible is saying in the future? And then again, as we see this, we have to think about the overall umbrella of the subject of transhumanism and what they want to achieve with that. Because they have these grandiose goals, as Brother Stone said, of, oh, we're going to, you know, uh, save, you know, cure people who have these, you know, debilitating diseases or brain damage or things like that. And, you know, some people might truly have that agenda. Um, but when you start talking about, like, you can send text via your thoughts, you're sending data, you're sending information, hypothetically, if it works, via your thoughts. The question nobody seems to ask is, well, if, if people can send data out, doesn't that mean things can come in? And then you have right. the concept of mind control, right? That's where people like Klaus Schwab want to go to. They envision that by 2040 or 2030 or whatever, that we're all going to be chipped. We're all going to be, you know, enhanced by technology. We're going to be able to read people's thoughts. And, and, oh, if we were able to read people's thoughts, no, it's not. It's not surveillance. That way we'll just have less crime. It's going to be safer and things like this. And I just want to read pieces of my article here concerning this transhumanism thing. Um, and during 2020, the focus was the Great Reset, but we also talked about the fourth industrial revolution. We haven't mentioned this in a long time. 
but Klaus Schwab was very huge on it. So he wrote a book on it. He wrote a book on the Great Reset. He wrote a book on the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Uh, these are his quotes I'm going to read. So this is from Klaus Schwab. He says, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, finally, will change not only what we do, but also who we are. It will affect our identity and all the issues associated with it, our sense of privacy, our notions of ownership, our consumption patterns, the time we devote to work and leisure, and how we develop our careers, cultivate our skills, meet people, and nurture relationships. It is already, already changing our health and leading to a quantified self. And sooner than we think, it may lead to human augmentation. This list is endless because it is bound by only by our imagination. His book, so in his book, he, in the Fourth Industrial Revolution, he says this Fourth Industrial Revolution is, however, fundamentally different. It is characterized by a range of new technologies that are fusing the physical, digital, and biological worlds, impacting all disciplines, economies, and industries, and even challenging ideas about what it means to be human. He also said, Fourth Industrial Revolution technologies do not stop becoming part of the physical world around us. They will become part of us. He said, indeed, some of us already feel that our smartphones become an extension of ourselves. Today's external devices, from wearable computers to virtual reality headsets, what Bro Spawn talked about earlier, metaverse, right? That's going to become big, will almost certainly become implantable in our bodies and brains. So this is Klaus Schwab talking. He has a different idea. Uh, is it a coincidence that Elon Musk over here has similar transhumanistic ideas? Right. Last quote here. He said he believes, it, so I wrote in the article, he believes it has the potential to, quote, to robot, robotize humanity and thus compromise our traditional sources of meaning, work, community, family, identity, and that he thinks it will, quote, lift humanity to a new collective and moral consciousness. So those quotes I gave you are all from Klaus Schwab, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. You can buy the book on Amazon. You can buy the book, Great Reset. Those are all his quotes. He said it on video. You can see it. He said the future they envision in terms of augmenting humanity. And so as we listen to these technologies, it's just eerie to read Revelation and see this mark, they'll be given a right. So basically all Revelation is saying is that there's coming a future time where this technology that's related to economy will be implanted in you, specifically on your right hand, on forehead. And we're seeing people essentially almost read <laughs> the play. It's like they get up in the morning, right? The joke that lots of pastors say with pre-trial prophecy is like as if they get up in the morning and ask themselves, huh, what prophecy should we try fulfilling today? It's like these people are like getting up and like, let's yeah. try to fulfill Revelation 13, right? Let's try to create this implant technology. So what we want to, you know, kind of show you guys here is not that we're not saying that the Neuralink is the, you know, the mark of the beast. We're not saying CBT is the mark of the beast. We're just highlighting these ideas. We're highlighting the progress that's being made right now. And we're showing you guys what scripture is saying. We're asking you the question like, whoa, isn't this paralleling scripture? Aren't we kind of making our way towards that direction with this technology? Can't this be the foundation? Um, and I think I think we're starting to see these things here, and that should definitely get us to wake up and ask these questions. Yeah, and, and I want to remind everyone, we we kind of glance over that passage all the time. We go, oh, it's in the, the right hand or it's in the it's in the forehead, and it's or it's or. And I and that's why I brought up the idea of the rich and poor. You're gonna have the, the rich man probably theorizing in my mind in the foot in the head and then you're going to have the poor man with the in the hand right because you know it's going to have different abilities like you look at it now you have these iphones the, the iphones for the uber rich and the iphones for the the middle class right and this is exactly what the social structure is going to be it's going to be rich and poor 
There is no middle class in in the Charles Schwab economy, right? There is it's rich and poor. And even the Bible alludes to something else in that passage, free or slave. Slavery is going to make a comeback in this oh, yeah. social communist economy. Do not be deceived by this. This is something else we haven't really talked about. But slavery is going to make a comeback. And it's that's one of the things that, that I think that people need to be aware of. I think that's going to be a differential of why it's in the hand or it's in the forehead. Um, and, and this is an in-depth discussion we're having. Okay, And I, I'm going to readily say here, this is some of my theory behind this passage. But wake up. If you don't think slavery is coming back, you're wrong. They want it. The World Economic Forum wants it with a vengeance. And uh, that's how they see the fixing of their economy is by bringing slavery back and having a, a communist economic utopia that they want to bring about. Um, and that's one of the reasons why this is such an evil thing, the World Economic Forum is, why they're so evil. But remember... And I want to make this real clear on this. You brought up an article a few weeks ago about how they believe this is their divine right to bring this up. And, and you mentioned the, the gentleman's name tonight, and I want you to say it again, where he's the he's the, one of the, the, the cronies for uh, Charles Schwab. Yeah, Yuval Noah Harari. He's the, he's the main guy I think a lot of us have been seeing on social media, at least Christian social media, end time social media. That's kind of been, you know, toting the line, so to speak, in terms of transhumanism and all these things. So Yuval Noah Harari. Right. And here's what's interesting. You have the Global Solidarity Fund openly admitting to supporting the one world agenda of the World Economic Forum. It says so right down on their site. Remember, this is the charity of the Catholic Pope. Okay. The Pope of the Catholic Church, the leader of the Catholic Church, is supporting this agenda, okay? That transhumanism, he's supporting the, the um, abortions that, that are funded by the World Economic Forum, the transgender surgeries that are funded by the World Economic Forum. But also, he is supporting their idea of slavery, not in the same sense that we're all thinking of slaves like, you know, during the Civil War, but to a whole nother level. We need to be weary of these things. We need to have our eyes open and listen to what the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is saying to the churches right now. We need to wake up to this and really alert ourselves and I, I think this is so important. And, and as we're talking about this, I want to bring up one more thing because deception. And then I'm going to let you run away with technology, I.O., because you have so much to cover. And uh, I want to just knock this one out real quick. With this deception, we're also seeing a spiritual deception taking place in the church itself. And we have harped on the Catholic Church about some of the pagan rituals that are going on in, 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 in the Catholic uh, view of, of themselves. And there's a lot of pagan rituals going on. And there's a lot of sins being done by the Pope. And, and, and we've chronalized uh, the cardinals and, and the cover-ups and the fraud that are going on. But it's not just the Catholics. And I want to be fair to this tonight. 
It's also the Anglican Church. There's a lot of crimes going on in the Anglican Church when it comes to scripture. The Christian Post wrote an article on this, and it's called Heresy. Worshippers leave Cambridge sermon in tears over claim Jesus has trans body, crucifixion wound is vagina. Worshippers in chapel at the University of Cambridge, which was a Catholic-founded church, but has since become Anglican, said they were left in tears after a research student claimed that Jesus' side wound uh, in the Renaissance and many evil paintings of the crucifixion can be determined as transgender in there. This was horrific to them, that people were outraged by this. Okay, Now, this is interesting because the, the person that was responsible for this, he's actually an understudy of the Archbishop of Canterbury of the Anglican Church. So it's not just that the false theology, only we can point our fingers at the Catholics, but it's happening among the Anglicans. And if you're Anglican, you're just too drink shy of becoming a Catholic. You know, you're, you're right there practically. Okay. This is, this is the corruption. And so what happens? Well, because you put your faith in the church and you put your faith in the papacy or, the, or, or you put your faith in the magistorium, the problem with that is it's fallible. It's corrupt. And you're supposed to put your faith in Jesus Christ. You're supposed to trust God and you're supposed to ask God for godly wisdom and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you to all truth. But the problem is, is that when you start saying I'm Anglican or I'm Baptist or I'm Catholic and, and you start putting your faith in the papacy or the church or the magistorium and you're not putting it in Jesus Christ, you're not being guided to all truth because you're not trusting in the Holy Spirit. You're not asking for godly wisdom. And I will tell you right now and I will tell you, look, I'm glad that you come on and you watch us here, but don't put your faith in I.O. And don't put your faith in me, especially me, okay? Because <laughs> I was a lot better dude than I am. But don't no. put your faith in me at all, okay? You need to have your faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Christ needs to be your sufficiency. You need to come to the Father through Jesus Christ by the Spirit. And when you lack wisdom, you ask God for wisdom, who grants generously to all without finding fault. Okay, that's what James 1 tells us. This is what we need to do. We need to go back to the scriptures, know what's right and wrong from the word of God, which is inspired by God himself through the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God. It transcends everything. For God's word doesn't fail. We were going over that verse tonight, I and I. God's word will stand forever. The flowers fade, the grass withers, but God's word will last forever. That's what you need to put your foundational trust in. The word of God. Because it will not lead you astray because it is the living, breathing essence of Christ himself. It is the absolute truth. And the Holy Spirit will guide you to that truth. And so we're going to see the corruption of churches. You know, we, we have we've sat here on Apologetic Saturday. We've talked about Bethel. We've talked about these other corruptions that are going on within the church. But if you really, really want to follow Jesus, you really want to chase after the the Lord, you need to get into your Bible and you need to study it and you need to read it and you need to commit yourself to Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must uh, first pick up his cross, deny himself, and then follow me, right? 
That's what we have to do as Christians. Deny ourselves. Deny our ears from being tickled by words of men that sound great. Trump's not the next Jesus. There's only one Jesus. The Republican Party can't save you. Jesus can save you. Communism has been defeated already. Jesus has never been defeated. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he will reign forever and ever. And that's what we need to understand. That's my tirade for tonight. Ayo, can you take the rest of the night? So <laughs> no, I, take away. I definitely agree that we definitely need to put our faith in Jesus because that's in. Uh, and I, I'll, I think I'll start from that article, and then as I transition back to CBDC, I'll, I'll get back to Revelation 13 and uh, maybe Revelation 17 a bit, and you'll you'll see where I'm going with that. But yeah, it, you sent that article to me, and I read it, and I even in our chat between both of us, I downloaded it, and I had to tell him like, oh no, I'm not downloading. You send that to him, downloading like the idea of what's going on there in the article. Even and, and even in the past week or so, I've been seeing the article float around. I'm just like, really? Like, just face one. Like, like, really? This is where we are, where we, we we see Jesus or people are labeling Jesus as, like, transgender. And they're using these vulgarities and saying, like, the wound looks like this and that. And, and even in the rest of the article, it talks about other instances where people are labeling Jesus transgender in other instances. And and this is just the decline of the church all around. I mean, there's, yeah, you labeled, like, you pointed out like Anglican and Catholic, but we're all seen in Protestant churches, unfortunately, um, Protestant denominations. And I think this just goes to show what the Bible says concerning how we'll see the decline of the church in the last days, right? Um, so Second Timothy 4, 1 to 4 says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and, the, and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge living the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, um, exhort with great patience and instruction. And he says why we should do that. Verse 3. For the time will come when they'll not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have the earth tickled, they'll accumulate from themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. I mean, when you talk about myths, I mean, this is like, this can't even be categorized as a myth. It's just falsehood. It's deception, right? It's just not true. And I'm glad at least people who heard that, who were there, were outraged by it. They saw the falsehood. Yeah. So that's great. Um, that's only one example. Lord, I mean, he believes that. And you, you, you mentioned his, uh, his status uh, within that church, right? So I don't know how he saw that and saw the truth, but he obviously strayed away from the truth completely. First Timothy four one says, "But the Spirit explicitly says in the latter times, um, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons." And and you know, with these two verses, we're just seeing this in in overdrive mode recently, right? Um, in terms of like deconversion, deconversion is, is really a great example of this, how people are just quote unquote, leaving the faith in droves, deconverting, quote unquote, um, leaving the faith. And we're seeing how churches are having, you know, dry queen story hour and Jesus transgender and this and this. And it's like, where do you see that in scripture? Like a so-called, you know, like a gay priest or who's saying like, like a, I was talking to some, I'm um, in Christ during the week. Um, we were doing a young adult Bible study. And I was talking to how I saw on, um, I think Instagram, but it was a TikTok. It was an Instagram video of a TikTok of this gay Baptist priest or whatever. I don't know. But he talked about how Lazarus, you know, the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead was actually Lazarus coming out, coming out as gay. And it's like, how in the world can you see that and get that message from the passage? So just these kind of things, we're just seeing overdrive mode. And social media is just, unfortunately, social media is good, but it's just, you know, adding to the issue. 
with these ideas going out, people not knowing the words, they take it like, oh, is that true? It confuses them and this and that. Um, but yeah, those that's my thoughts in terms of that article. It's just more evidence concerning the last days we're in and the deterioration of the church, the decline of the church, decline of solid truth. Um, people reading the word and getting into the word, unfortunately. And then Revelation 13, uh, we talked about technology. We talked about the mark and everything. Um, I see things a little bit differently in Revelation 13. I know Brother Stefan and I talked about this, but um, in terms of the right hand on the forehead and the mark and the, I believe the, the small and the great, the rich and poor um, being used there um, is, is designating like, like the totality of the people that need to get the mark of the beast. And I know he said it's society and things like that. But I think it's also great to like um, sometimes have different views so you guys can see this and go to scripture for yourselves and see what was being said. Um, but I liked your comment there concerning slavery. Well, I didn't like it, but <laughs> I agreed with it. Because <laughs> slavery is not good, obviously. Um, and I kind of disagree, and here's why. You'll see why I disagree. You said, yeah. you know, there'll be a rebound in the tribulation for slavery. And I actually like, you know what? I don't think so, because slavery is actually going on right now. I think more so we're seeing the tribulation is that there'll be an increase. So right now, obviously, the United States has gotten rid of slavery in many countries, Western nations particularly. Um, they've outlawed slavery, but there's still slavery, like even underground in places like Africa, things like this. Libra, yeah. So that's still going on. But I think in the tribulation, we'll see that. I, I think, to be clear, I was referencing yeah. a legalization of that slavery. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I wanted to go to the scripture, Revelation 18, that kind of shows this. And it's really eerie. And we kind of like, kind of just gloss over it. Uh, Revelation 13 is one of those places where we kind of gloss over it, free and slave. Um, but. I think Revelation 18 is specific to this. So I'll start in verse 9 and go to verse 13. But this is the destruction of Babylon. So it says, And the kings of the earth who commit acts of immorality and live sensuously with her will weep and lament over her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing in the distance because of the fear of her torment, saying, Whoa, whoa, the great city of Babylon, the strong city. For in one hour your judgment is coming. Then it kind of continues on and lists the economic benefits of Babylon, what she um, indulged in, the kind of trade Babylon engaged in, and people engaged with Babylon in this trade. Verse 11 says, And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn over her, because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Well, what's, what's her cargo? Cargoes of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and every kind of citron wood and every article of ivory and every article made from very costly wood and bronze and iron and marble and cinnamon and spice and incense and perfume and frankincense and wine and olive oil. So there's so much that Babylon is importing and exporting, right? And fine flour and wheat and cattle and sheep and cargoes of horses and chariots and slaves and human lives. So you get to that and it's like, whoa, we see that slavery is not only going to, you know, rebound, but it's going to definitely be legal, as Brother Stefan says. That's definitely going to be something we see in the tribulation. It's just going to be a lawless time, right? Because another name for the Antichrist is the lawless one. So we shouldn't be surprised that as he takes control of this world, lawlessness will be the norm during this time right the last the last phrase i want you to say that one more time it was slavery and what it says slaves and human lives some children trying to say slaves <laughs> or bodies of men and souls like human souls yeah human lives you could almost you almost get that roman empire Colosseum kind of vibe from that statement yeah where the entertainment of killing people is there it, it's almost that, and that's why a lot of people look at that verse and they go, the revival of the Roman Empire, right? Um, it, 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 you, get, you get why people think that in that mannerism. That's, this is scary stuff. 
and this is going to be who are who's looking after this? The kings, the wealthy people of the world. Mm -hmm. This is what they want. This is what they covet. Babylon is going to be this horrific city of the lusts of the flesh and the pride of life. Yeah. Um, it's going to be the who's who of rich, rich. And uh, man, I'm going to be glad to be raptured because I don't want to live in that kind of city. I'm, I'm already disgusted by living close to Los Angeles, you know, and I'm two hours away. Yeah. I don't want to be in that kind of city, you know, yeah. the decade and the immorality of it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. And then last comment here, I'm concerned what you said concerning the um, uh, Vatican and their their fund. We definitely, I think, next time we definitely need to um, get an article because I think you know we can actually include it because guys, as you know, I mean, on Telegram after this, we we uh, include our notes, so we can definitely include the article because Brother Stefan mentioned something. We've mentioned a few times, you know, in the past few weeks, but we haven't put the article there because we want you guys to read this. We're not making this stuff up. But he talked about the solidarity fund that the Vatican has to support the um, the WEF, the World Economic Forum's agenda, literally on the Vatican site. That's literally what, I mean, he showed this article to me. We talked about it months ago, went over the article, and I was, I was shocked, to be honest. I was surprised that the Vatican would literally have a fund, literally in their own words, to support the agenda of the world. And we're like, wait a minute, what's the agenda of the World Economic Forum? Globalism, you know, one world, globalism, transhumanism, all these things that you would feel like the Vatican as a supposedly Christian institution should be against. So hopefully you can try to get that article for you guys. So you guys can read it yourselves and know we're not like, they literally said that, that that's what they're supporting. They have this fund for that. I mean, it's pretty surprising, but it's just against part and parcel of kind of what we're seeing in these uh, last days we're living in. And by the way, to be fair to Catholics, I want to say this, right? The Pope's charity is received once a year. Okay. And it's an optional charity within the Catholic Church. You give to it's a separate offering that's done for the Global Solidarity Fund. Okay. But yet, how many priests are telling their congregation, hey, this goes to bad things, right? When those priests are appointed by the very cardinals that voted for this Pope, which I have a question where's the Holy Spirit in that? If you were, it takes two thirds of the cardinals to vote a Pope in, right? And two th you're telling me that two-thirds of these cardinals were not filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're, those two-thirds are appointing the priests that are supposedly praying over your communion cup and blessing it, your, your communion time, the wafer. Um, I, I would be scared if I were a Catholic. I, I would want nothing to do with this cult, pagan church, whatever you want to call it, because this is paganism. At, it, at its core. And in the sense, these individuals are doing something that's horrific. And you can hear them. They're bringing about a new religion with, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, the Ten Commandments and all oh, this yeah. stuff. This is, this is a new religion, a new cult. This is why so many people keep saying, and, and I'm not going for that angle. I'm not openly declaring that that's the right angle, but a lot of people believe a false prophet is the Pope. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I look at it and go, oh, I can see what you're thinking here. Oh, yeah. Same here. But we, we need to, as Christians, be guided by the Holy Spirit. We're going to be guided by the Holy Spirit is through prayer, 
fasting and reading of the scripture, not relying on a church or a pastor or Io or myself or Mother Teresa for crying out loud or the papacy. You need to rely on Jesus. Christ needs to be your sufficient. Holy Spirit needs to be your sufficiency. God the Father needs to be your sufficiency. The word of God, that's what you can trust in. Yeah. Say that one more time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, back to technology. That was a little, you know, thing on slavery and everything like that. That was a little... Um, awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, we're diverging a bit there. But I thought, you know, it's, it's worth going into a little bit more. Because you mentioned, I'm like, you know, that there's there's actually scriptural cases to make for that. Um, I mean, again, the tribulation is going to be a bad time. So, but we definitely see that in there. But yeah, with the little time we have left, uh, maybe we'll get into another article or two. Uh, but one here from Cointelegraph. This is from November 27th. Um, the headline is Putin calls for blockchain-based international payment system. So again, this is an update in terms of everything going on with CBDC and the mindset of, okay, nations wanting to use a central uh, bank digital currency of some sort or digital currency system going forward. And I've mentioned in the past, we've shared an article and, you know, it's hard to kind of go back and reference articles we've gone on because, I mean, we touch on so many articles, you know, in a month's period of time. So I think earlier in the year, uh, we saw articles for, uh, concerning Iran and Russia about how the presidents, Putin, I think Raisi is the current president of um, Iran. I might be incorrect about that, but I believe it's Raisi. Um, but they're currently striving to bring in a um, CBDC, a central bank digital currency, for the purpose to circumvent US sanctions, right? So this is kind of what this article is going into. So as we're seeing these different nations, 100 plus nations, at least in the research phase of CBDC, with some implementing already, some testing it, like India or China, and even the US right now, we learned last week that they're at least, you know, the New York Federal Bank and some other banks that we, we know, like Wells Fargo, are cooperating to do this um, pilot program, right, for a US digital dollar. Um, so, and Russia is a part of that, Iran, as part of not that initiative specifically, but I mean, just the initiative to kind of go into the system. Um, the article says Russian President Vladimir Putin criticized the monopoly in global financial payment systems and called for an independent blockchain-based settlement network on November 24th, speaking at the International AI Journey Conference in Moscow. And during the event organized by Sberbank, the largest Russian bank and major lender to the government, he stated, quote, the technology of digital currencies and blockchains can be used to create a new system of international settlements that will be much more convenient, absolutely safe for its users. <laughs> I just chuckle at that. And most importantly, will not depend on banks or interference by third countries. I'm confident that something like this will certainly be created and will develop because nobody likes the dictate of monopolists, which is arming all parties, including the monopolists themselves. So it's just <laughs> kind of ironic. Some of the, <laughs> you're just laughing. Nobody just, likes monopolies. But this is gonna be one. <laughs> it's it's just so funny. Yeah, it's just so ironic because again, I laugh because he says it'll be convenient. That's what they always say. It's gonna be convenient, absolutely safe for its users. It's like, oh yeah, of course it is. But again, guys, I'm highlighting this article because even Russian, you know, Russian President Vladimir Putin is saying that hey, we need to get into this to escape, you know, this monopoly. He's also saying that you know, obviously they want to escape the U.S. sanctions. Iran wants to do the same thing. And the CBDC is a great gateway to do these things they want to do. So this is just another update in terms of the mindset of people, in terms of going to the system, why they're doing it. 
um, and kind of what we need to pay attention to here. Quick question for you. Yeah. When you hear the phrase safety and security, what verse do you think of with this? Well, that's, 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 that's what it is, yeah. This is totally safe and secure. I'm thinking when you hear them speak of safety <laughs> and security, know that the end is near, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Definitely falls right there. But yeah, it's definitely something we need to, you know, be careful of and, you know, um, definitely not take their words to be true because it's not, we've seen how this kind of technology can lead to less privacy and less um, in the government having more control of people and why we feel that this kind of technology could, you know, have a factor in the market beast coming later. So, yeah. Man, this is, this is, uh, this is scary stuff. You know what? Um, I had a client tell me that their company received a, a letter from Wells Fargo, um, notifying them that that Wells Fargo is now looking at their political beliefs to see if they're extreme or not, um, whether or not they're going to do business banking with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, what country are we living in? Like, is this yeah. China? Thing? Like, that shouldn't even be legal. And uh, it's a big deal. I mean, it, this this guy I was mentioning was like, uh, you know, he goes, because he was buying a car and he said, any bank but Wells Fargo. I was like, uh, what do you, what's your issue with Wells Fargo? And he, he flat, flat out told me. And he said, I don't want to yeah. do business with like that. It's like, wow. Wow. I didn't know that was the thing. I know that, I mean, and this is beyond our current scope. We barely have time. But I know that I believe ERG scores is supposed to be a thing like that. Environmental. I forgot the R stands for like governmental. Basically, you know, these companies are supposed to tell, you know, leftist ideologies like, hey, you know, if your current business doesn't follow climate change, have climate change policies, we'll bar them from having loans and things like this. So I knew those were concepts and ideas being talked about, but I, I haven't even seen them being put in place. So that's something that you're, you know, the person, your client saying, it's like, wow, it's it's wild to be seeing that already being put. Yeah, in place. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. Hey, we have two minutes. Wrap it up for us, Io. Um, oh, yeah. And- Will do. Yeah, this was, you know, as usual, guys, it was a fun time. Um, again, the reminder is we get together with you guys to talk about these things, not to scare you guys. You know, sometimes it can be, you know, anxiety-inducing. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Where am I going to put my savings? You know, are we going to have to use the digital currency next year? And what are we going to do? Ultimately, we have to trust in the Lord, right? We have to trust that all these things point to a soon return. So we always you know, bring this into the full perspective that these things are showing that Christ is coming soon. And for believers, that's something to rejoice in. That's something not to be scared of. You know, the judgments of the book of Revelation says and the things like Mark the Beast won't be here for that time. We have great promises to look forward to uh, in the Lord. And then if, you, if you're not a believer, if you're watching this, you don't know what we're talking about. If it's the first time we're hearing about the Mark of the Beast and, and transhumanism from a biblical perspective and all these things, uh, we want to encourage you that we were talking about these news, these news pieces to show you that the Bible is true, that the prophecies that have been written in this book for thousands of years are being set up in our day now for the coming tribulation period, for Jesus' return, for the coming kingdom. And because those things are true, the gospel is true. What's true is that uh, we're all sinners. We've sinned against the Lord and that ultimately if we die apart from Christ, our lot is hell and then the lake of fire, right? But Jesus Christ came to die for us. He um, took on God's wrath on the cross. He died for our sins, was buried, rose again on the third day. And if you believe in that, you'll have eternal life. So we want to encourage you that to believe in that. So you won't go through that terrible time period. You don't have to worry about the tribulation and the mark of the beast and all that. Um, but even more so, we know that 
we're not promised today or not promised tomorrow rather. So definitely don't wait till tomorrow. Believe on Lord Jesus Christ today. Amen. Good night, everyone. And God bless you. Take care. Good night, guys.